Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. Welcome back at Tuesday. Uh, Kaunga Ora, uh, the um, unruly tenants. I feel like this is one of those stories that's generating its own momentum on News Talk ZB. So we'll see how that's rolling on shortly. Uh, we've got uh, polls. Uh, this is momentum gathering for the government in the wrong direction. I've got some uh, booze talk. Good to see you, Si and James, and it's a radio anniversary coming up, apparently. But before any of that, uh, the price of petrol, we had somebody on yesterday or the day before talking about, uh, from the AA, saying that, yes, the, the petrol companies are ripping us off. Now we've got somebody from the petrol company saying, no, 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 no. Are we being ripped off? Uh, well, look, it's it's interesting that uh, Terry plumbed on sort of 20 cents yesterday, and if you look at our average price against uh what we see in the market for our competitors, it's give or take that 20 cent number that's out there. And you look at, uh, you know, where, where, where we are very low priced uh, and our competitors, again, you've got that differential. So, what? look, it's a, it's a complex complex business. I think the motorists should feel happy that there's opportunity to save a lot of money out there at the moment mm. uh, with us and some others. And I think... Initially, there's going to be some prices coming down in the next week, so longer term, who knows. He reckons that uh, normally the margin should be around about 34%. This is the margin that the fuel companies are charging us, and at the moment it is over 50 cents a litre. Is that about right? Well, I think he talked about uh, 16 cents. And look, the the MIMBY numbers, which I think the AA run off, uh, the importer margin, the estimated replacement cost, is correct. Uh, what your actual margin is depends on the exact time you may have bought a cargo and how far through you are so that. So there are ups and downs around that, but longer term, that good average. Did you did you find that very convincing? I'm not sure I did. When the answer to a straight up and down question, are we being ripped off, is look, look, it's interesting. Look, it's interesting? Not yes or no? Anyway... Uh, now, uh, we've got uh, the, the Kainga Ora, formerly Housing New Zealand, I believe. Not sure when you think changed its name, but let's not get bogged down with that. Uh, people really, really going to town on ZB over the past few weeks about, you know, neighbours from hell, basically. Uh, so people who've been uh, moved into places and it's really making life unpleasant for the people they've moved in next to. Look at the gang tangi and direct and flagrant contravention of our public health orders. What happens? Nothing. Maybe one or two are picked out. The other 150 are left to sit with their ample asses on the outside of their cars, sticking two fingers literally and figuratively to all of those people who obeyed by the rules and applied for permission to go to funerals and were denied. And you've got these people in a state house that has been funded by the taxpayer who are making the lives of their neighbours and the fellow Kaingora tenants absolute misery instead of going down on their knees and being so damn grateful they live in a society that allows them to live in a home, that allows them to have a place they can call home, to have a place that if they had even the remotest desire to, they could raise good kids in. And they take that opportunity and they look you in the eye and they rip up the contract with the taxpayer and the civilised society members 
they rip up that contract and then they spit on it. It's a bloody disgrace. So there is uh, Kerry McIver. She's mad as hell and she's not going to take it anymore. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, the, the issue seems to be people treading too carefully around people like gangs, gang members because they just don't want to poke the beast too much. Gosh, it's tricky, isn't it? It's so tricky. But, uh, yeah, if they tread too carefully, uh, will that uh, cost the government even more points in the polls? And how many more points can they lose before they look like they're going to lose? It is a majority. 53 seats for Labour and 12 for the Greens would still be a comfortable majority to govern. But the downward spiral is on. Ardern chalks up the downward trend to having to make tough decisions. Really? Any decision would be good right now. I think, moreover, what we're seeing is um, a lack of decision-making ability. I noticed Grant Robertson went even further. He said it was our fault. Uh, People are feeling anxious, he said of the poll. So it's not them, it's us. I think we call that gaslighting. Uh, But where the government's dipping, the opposition... Unfortunately, not making the gains. National is only up 2 to 28%. But as Acts David Seymour points out, the gap, and that's what you need to look for, the gap between left and right is steadily closing. With Act steady on 14 and National on 28, it's still not enough to govern, but the trend is working in their favour. Judith Collins, whose approval rating, by the way, is at a new low, summed the government's fortunes up well when she said it would take a while for people to accept the government sold them a pup. The trend unfolding now indicates voters are, in fact, waking up to that. Um, yeah, it's interesting that she mentioned Judith Collins's trend there as well, just just in passing, because um, that trend's sort of been happening a little bit longer than the government's downward spiral, which, of course, news probably has of this. They're just stirring that spiral just a little bit more, a little bit more, just to keep it spiraling. Um, it's so funny. I, I really do feel like uh, sometimes we, we live in this. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Mike Hoskin breakfast in Auckland, uh, you know, 20, more than 25% of the people listening to the radio at breakfast time in Auckland are listening to this station. But that's still only a quarter of the people, right? So, you know, it's, it could be that the other 75% of people are, are thinking something else. And it's always hard, hard to... Bear that in mind sometimes. But, yeah. um, but nobody said that we had to be fair and balanced. Right? No. Um, am I sounding a bit weird, a bit vague, a bit, I don't know, hungover? I was always drinking the life of the party. Um, got told, you know, that you were always so funny. And then I decided to be a sober driver one night and went to a party with my husband and... It was a real, real eye-opener as to how people behave and how much rubbish people actually talk when they're drinking. And I just thought to myself, holy crap, that's probably what I'm like. So you gave up on the basis of that evening? I did. And also I realised then, thinking back about all the other times that I've drunk, and then you you go through your phone and you look at the texts that you send when you've been drinking and it's like, <laughs> yeah, D- Adele, you are a fascinating case study yeah, then, yeah. because you said something then. You said you were always the life and soul of the party. Yeah. So, did you cop criticism when you gave up drinking because people said you're now really boring, or are you boring? At first, 
I pretended to drink. Like, you'll, I would have a Coke and people would just assume I had bourbon in it. Mm, right. And after a while, then I just stopped and I decided, nah, I don't need to do that. And then everyone just started saying to me that I was still the life of the party, even when I wasn't drinking. So it right. actually worked out to be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, d- depending, of course, on how much Coke um, Adele is actually drinking, probably a significant sugar high that we might be dealing with there, of course. Um... I wonder if she's got any leftover bourbon that she's not using now that she can flick my way. I may have missed the point of the story there. Uh, we're going to uh, finish up here with a uh, hundred years of radio in New Zealand. I think that's what we're celebrating tomorrow. Uh, there's some kind of centennial radio anniversary. Uh, it's not a hundred years that Marcus has been on air, is it? Or a hundred years that I've been working on radio. It feels like it. hundred years of radio. And look, I don't quite know how it's going to be celebrated or commemorated, but tomorrow we will talk about radio. I don't quite know what form the show will take, but maybe we will talk and discuss involvement, things we've enjoyed listening to, things we've partaken in. You might have won cash call. Because for those that don't know, ZB used to cash call a lot when they'd ring up and they'd say, I've got such and such dollars and how many cents. And if you got the number of cents right, I think you won something. Oh, that much money. I also think there was a lucky $5 note. You might have been on a school tour to Radio I when it was in Newton Road. Like I think I did when we were at primary school. Seemed pretty interesting. It seemed very interesting. Because I would imagine everyone's got some sort of radio experience. As long as there's not too much talk about Phil Schoen and the invasion of the bees... I always find some of those stories slightly tiresome, but we'll see how we go. The first broadcast was in Dunedin. And look, I don't know how it kind of, where it went from there. I don't know where was the first, you know, was highly regulated and highly controlled for a long, long time. And then obviously too, it uh, became independent radio stations. Your Avons and your Windies and your Fovos and your Horakis. That happened. Then there was FM. Will it be around another 100 years? Who knows where we'll be in 100 years? We'll probably tape it all up, put on a real reel, reel to reel, and send it to Te Papa. If, in fact, we weren't in COVID, we would have done something more spectacular. But, you know, I think the place to honour radio is radio. And the thing I enjoy about radio is that fact is that, you know, it doesn't matter where you broadcast from. It's all about the callers and the listeners. Well, in that case, um, it definitely won't be around uh, in 100 years' time because there won't be any callers or listeners because aren't we all about to go extinct? I thought we were all about to go extinct. I think in order to have radio, you've actually got to have some people making the radio. I suppose you could just put sort of like a, a long best-of show on, on a loop, leave it on. Might run for a while after we're all gone, after submerged in the rising seas. And I'm Glenn ZB. On that note, um, thanks for listening to News Talk ZB. We'll be back with another one tomorrow, or will we?